This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Hi, I'm Charlie Cuff, year 10 student from Nelson College, and welcome to the Gen Z Time Machine. Today, we're going to meet a representative of the Icelandic government in, of all places, the quiet Nelson suburb of Marybank. The only indication that this suburban modern house is actually a consulate is the official crest on a small plaque outside the front door. So as a consul, how do I address you? You address me as Gary. Okay. Yep. So not Jerry, Gary. Gary, yeah, Gary. that's how you pronounce it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you move to New Zealand? Uh, not at the end of 1989. Mm-hmm. My, my family and I are immigrants, um, and I think the weather in the UK played a pretty big role in that. But from what I've seen of Iceland, it's a pretty beautiful country. So why did you move over here? I moved here because um, I met a, a Kiwi woman over in Iceland. She was working there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we we were together in Iceland for a f- few years. And I decided to come out here and give it six to twelve months and see what I thought of it. And mm-hmm. um, I'm still here. Wow, cool. What was Iceland like? Iceland is a lovely country. You know, it's in in many ways, it's very similar to to New Zealand. You know, it's beautiful nature. Mm-hmm. A uh, lot of mountains, you know, clean, green mm-hmm. in, in summer that is, and white in winter obviously, but the, the weather is much harsher than New Zealand, you know, especially the winters, but the summers can be stunningly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Temperature a lot lower, I mean in, in summer probably the average high for the day is 15 to 18 degrees, and you, you, you can't go up to 20, 22. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you have the midnight sun, so the sun never goes down in like June and July. Uh-huh. But in winter you might have, uh, I would say probably average around zero, and minus zero to minus five would be the normal. But it can get down to minus twenty, minus twenty-five. Wow! And of course, in uh, you get the opposite in winter, like in uh, around Christmas, or say from mid December till mid January, the sun does not rise. You don't see the sun at all during that time. Mm-hmm. What's it like trying to sleep while the sun's out? <clears throat> For me, it was never never an issue. Mm-hmm. But I certainly know with with my wife when we're there, it's um, it takes some getting used to. Spe- actually, more in summertime mm-hmm. when the sun never goes down, it's uh, quite strange. What was it like over here then? If the sun does cycle around. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm good used to it fairly quickly. It, mm-hmm. It's more for people that come from here up to Iceland to get used to the sun never going down. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did you become involved in diplomacy? Uh, I was contacted. I've been. I've been. A, I was appointed consul in two thousand and two. I think it was two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. And I was contacted because Iceland has got no embassy in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So, New Zealand comes under the embassy in China. Mm-hmm. So, I was contacted by the ambassador in China who wanted me to become a, a consul here. Why not someone in Wellington? It's interesting. Uh, 
firstly, there are not many Icelanders in Wellington, mm-hmm. but there was a, prior to me, there was a Kiwi lawyer in Wellington who was a consul. But I think there was a willingness from the from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Iceland to try to have Icelanders doing the doing the role rather than you know foreign nationals. Mm. Yeah. And what was the process of becoming a consul? Uh, it was a process of basically uh, you had to get recommendations from people that knew you. You had a police reports. You know, a clean clean police record. Mm-hmm. And then, once you got all these forms that you needed to fill in, they were sent to the Minister of Foreign Affairs in both countries. And once they both accepted it, then they both sign a, sign a document to appoint you to the role. So if we don't have an Icelandic ambassador here, is that your role or are you not quite...? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not an ambassador, but I'm a representative of the ambassador. Okay. So... In in uh, in Iceland now, the the Icelandic ambassador to China is over New Zealand, but because they are not here, they have a an honorary consul that reports to them. Mm-hmm. And what does a consul do? It's a uh, lot of different things. You you're basically here for people that are showing interest in Iceland in any way. You know they can contact me. Uh, I've really noticed in the last probably 10 years there's a huge increase in Kiwis going to New Zealand, uh, to going to Iceland. How long have you been consul? Since 2003. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you, your role is to, well first of all you help Icelanders living in New Zealand. So if they have any problems, they might end up in hospital, they might end up in prison, they will be arrested, they might lose their passport, I can, I can issue them a passport. Uh, when when there is voting for parliamentary elections, they can come to me and, and vote here. Mm-hmm. And then a big and, and then like I said before, Kiwis increasingly are contacting to get information on on traveling to Iceland for visit. It's become a big tourism hotspots, and, and Kiwis are definitely going there a lot more. So they they will ring me or contact me and ask if they need a visa or any information they need for Iceland and. So it's you know it's a variety of roles and another big part of it is that is to try to facilitate businesses between the two countries. So there might be a company in Iceland that may want to do business in New Zealand that they will contact me and I will give them find information that they need and vice versa for New Zealand businesses that want to go to Iceland I try to help them. Mm-hmm. So are you helping people like if someone wants to come to New Zealand from Iceland do you help them get settled over here? Yeah, I, I can help them. I can. Ha- there's limits to what I can do on a personal level, but I can always direct them to websites or to which ministries or websites they can find the information that they need. I can't do it for them, but I can show them where to get the information they need. Okay. Yeah. And how does a consul compare with an ambassador? We we don't have um, we we don't work for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Mm-hmm. I'm. I do this uh, in my own time. You don't get paid for it. It's an unpaid role, mm-hmm. so it's it's very different. We are not diplomats. We okay. we are just we're just helping the diplomats. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sort of form of diplomatic community? No. Okay. No. Right. 
The, the only thing is this this property that you're on here now, that is a it's a formal consulate, mm -hmm. so it is a protected property. It it's actually almost looked at as an Icelandic property. Okay. So How does that work? The police cannot enter this property without authorization mm -hmm. from the, from from Icelandic authorities. Uh -huh. As an example, it, it's a protected property in that that regard. Don't think you can do something wrong and come running to my property, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you come into contact with high-level officials often, or do you do more ground-level stuff? Uh, I've been three times when, when the ambassador has visited here. I've been to government house with them when they're presenting their papers and to the governor general. Mm -hmm. So I've been there three, three or four times. And uh, yeah, I've, I've met the president in Iceland a couple of times in this role. So yeah, you do you do every now and then. Yes, it's it's all very formal stuff. You're you're there for a reason. Like when the ambassador come, like when an ambassador from Iceland is appointed to the role, and I've had three since I w I've been in this role. Mm -hmm. They come here and do what is called presenting their papers. So they go to the governor general to the government house and present the paper, and the government general receives the paper, and then they become formally become the ambassador. So it's a it's a very formal sort of uh, role that mm. you're playing. So do you work as a like, like like a connector between Iceland? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So I like when the when the uh, ambassador is getting ready to come out here, I'm. I'm here in this country to make it all happen or, or help to make it all happen. Like a local representative? Yeah. Kind of. yeah. Mm -hmm. Your um, full-time job, are you, I think you're a fisherman? Yeah, I'm a captain on a fishing ship. Right. Yeah. How do you do this console work? I'm always in contact on email. Like I said, 90% of it is email. So the people that contact me, they have no idea where I am. So it makes, really makes no difference. How do you get internet access on the boats? Oh, it's always we're always internet access through satellites. Uh -huh. Yeah, and and if there is anything needed, like physically, if somebody needs to come to to our office here, mm -hmm. or needs a new passport, my wife has got authorization to do it on my behalf. Mm. So is your wife also a consul? No, no, she's not. But she she we have set it up legally so she can do my duties if I'm not here. So does she have a formal role? Just as an assistant, oh, okay. a consular okay. assistant. Have you been to Parliament in your position as a consul? Here in New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah, I have once, yeah. Only only on a visit, but with the ambassador we were invited there oh, yeah. by the Speaker of Parliament and we had a visit, yes. And what was that for? Just to, to show us and show, show, show the ambassador how it works and, and, and to meet people. Oh, that was that was very interesting. Yeah. Who did you get to meet? Uh, we met Grant Robertson, the finance minister, but we met him at Parliament House actually, mm -hmm. and uh, and then the speaker at the time. It is unusual, and you made a good point. It was a good question actually, because normally the consuls are appointed either in the capital mm -hmm. or in the bigger city. So it's very unusual. I don't know if there are many consuls. I, I actually don't know of any other consuls here in Nelson. Uh -huh. Would there be some in like Christchurch or Auckland? They're normally in Wellington or Auckland. Uh -huh. mm. 
Yeah, I I know that they're usually in big tourist cities, but yeah, I wouldn't really count Nelson as a big city. No, but it was more. I mean, Iceland is big in fishing, and the main business twenty years ago between Iceland and New Zealand was in the fishing industry. <laughs> so, well, we've got Sealot and and Amotel here, so Otelis, so. That's, I think that's why they wanted someone here. Plus, I've been here a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess I've been. Yeah, uh, they want here an Icelandic person that knows how New Zealand works. Mm. Yeah. As a consul, what kind of powers do you have in New Zealand, or what what kind of authority do you have? I don't really have any authority. I mean, I can I can act like I can witness documents, like as a as a lawyer can. You know, I can witness them, sign them, stamp them. I can issue passports, like I said before. But I don't. I don't have any more authority than that. You know, no authority as far as New Zealand is concerned, other than to assist Icelanders. Like, if an Icelander has a problem here, is in hospital. Yeah. Uh, we had that issue with the earthquakes in in Christchurch, for example. I have a right to ask government agencies for information, personal information on Icelandic citizens, mm-hmm. and they have to give me that information. If an Icelander is arrested in New Zealand. They have to advise me that they've been arrested. Mm-hmm. So that that's the sort of only authority you have really that you know is special. And what kind of things can you do if someone is in hospital? I, I all I can do is to make sure they get all the help needed. You know, if they might be traveling here, we've had young people oh. here like backpackers, we've had backpackers in hospital here. Mm-hmm. So I become their contact between Iceland and, and them here mm-hmm. and uh, it, it could be language problems although it's not so much because almost all Icelanders speak good English but it could be language problems so I, I might be called in to translate and mm-hmm. so this yeah you you and, and I can contact doctors they can't tell me exactly but they will give me a report on, on if there are Icelanders in the hospital mm-hmm. so do you do that in person or well, it depends on how serious it is, but normally it will be on the phone. And uh, I have, on a, well, one or two occasions, I've actually had to go to the hospital to be there and, and help out. Mm-hmm. Obviously not help with uh, medical yeah. attention, but just to be there for support mm-hmm. and making sure their families are advised in, in Iceland and stuff like that. Thanks for listening. Join me in the next episode as I continue the conversation with Gerry. We'll talk about his homeland, where students can ski to school in the winter, and where fishermen face harsh Arctic conditions. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.